Hey, hey, it's Pilla here and you're listening to the No Approval Podcast. This week, we're back in our home ownership bag. I'm going to be joined by Ore, who runs Ore at Home. It's a renovation page over on Instagram where she takes us on a journey as she's renovating her South London Victorian terrace. She's also completely cost transparent on her page and very open at the fact that some of the renovations that you're seeing are gifted. Her home is absolutely stunning. It's been featured in publications like Real Home. And her no approval moment is, Ore is hands down the most productive woman that I follow on the gram. She's renovating a house. She's being a mother. She's holding down a corporate job. Also, she likes to do some DIY stuff herself as well. Obviously she hires in and there's times that she's doing it after like she's done a full shift at work. She's just all around a good vibes woman. So let's get into our chat. Ore, thank you so much for joining me. So Ore, you have a page on Instagram called Ore at Home. What was the inspiration? How did you get started with that? So um, first of all, we bought a renovation project. So that was kind of the first thing that kicked it off. I've had kind of two properties beforehand that we've um, done up, but they've all been flats. And what I found is that friends would come around and be like, oh my God, I really like how you've done this part of your house or this part of the living room and things like that. You should start an Instagram page. But to me, I just felt like there wasn't enough content or also that people wouldn't care to see what my living room looked like. I just didn't think that there was enough content there. And I think then when we got this big project, which was effectively a full house renovation from top to bottom, I figured why not give Instagram a go and kind of use it, even if nobody looks at it, I'm kind of documenting something that's an important part of our family history. So that's, yeah, pretty much why I started it. And it just took off from there in ways that I hadn't expected or I think anticipated. Yeah, because you gained like 21,000 followers in such a short amount of time. When did you start the page? So I started the page, I think seven months ago, basically pretty soon after we got the keys. Soon after that, I kind of started just posting like little things. Because obviously we hadn't yet got any kind of complete room. So it was more like, oh, these are the tile samples I'm thinking about. And just kind of some of the process that I was getting to, to actually um, being able to start working on the property. And then obviously it became much more aesthetically pleasing the more the house got done and we actually had kind of like completed rooms and things like that. So I think those kind of images, the ones that have kind of mainly gone like viral have only been over the last couple of months because we actually only moved into the house in November. Ah. Um, So it was about uh, five-ish months of doing all the work with the builders and we uh, lived at my parents and then we moved in in November just kind of before the Christmas period and um, that's yeah when I think the account really took off. Wow so we need to go back a second because you said this is your is this your third property? Um, This is the third property that we have lived in we have another property which is just a rental property. Got you so why did you get into home ownership what made you decide that okay home ownership is the route we want to take as a family? I think for us it's literally kind of the the last word that you said about family Um, for us it was really about generational wealth Um, we bought our first home when we didn't actually have children we have two now but at the time we were just dating obviously looking to get married but the plan was always that we would have a family we would have children and it was really important for us to be able to have an asset to hand down to them I think even if you take that away let's assume we never had kids um for us we look at it largely like a pension in most cases a property that you buy is going to 
God willing, appreciate um, in value. And also your, your aim is obviously to pay off your mortgage that eventually it's just an asset that you hold. So we looked at it as kind of future proofing ourselves for as we got older and we want, when we want to stop working, um, we're going to have these assets that hopefully will stand us in good stead kind of as a family and as a couple going forward. I love that answer. I feel like it's the most like robust one I've had when oh, I really? asked that question. <laughs> Yeah, it's such forward planning. And it's important that I ask that question because um, I interviewed Topsy who helps, especially first time buyers get on the property ladder. And what he said from his early days as an estate agent in Foxton's, he realized that there was a big uptake of people wanting to get on the property ladder, but a lot of it was driven by social media. As in like people started to see a lot of their friends getting property. You know, the classic picture that pops up on our screen where it's like the door and the key like yeah. dangling <laughs> so like, that's the picture that was getting everybody to yeah, say yeah. okay it's time I want a property but yours just seems like a really well thought out reason for this is what we, we're seeing this as an investment but even if we didn't have children it's still an asset so what's your background is your background in property is your background in interior design no, I wish. Um, but no, so I work in banking, far less um, interesting. I'm, I'm a strategy consultant, usually within financial services industry. So to break it down in a more simple term, um, I basically work for banks on how to improve the strategic direction of the different areas of their business. So yeah, nothing to do with property or the creativity of interiors or anything like that at all. Have you always had an eye for design? Um, I think so. I mean, I don't know if that sounds big headed to say. I, I just think I've always been... Oh no, girl, come on. 2022 to your own horn, please. Well, I, I don't know. I, th- I think I've always been quite creative. I think I've always liked uh, or cared about how things look. Maybe that's a better way of describing it. So it's something that is important to me. Like if we bought a house or bought a flat, however small that flat could be, it could be our first flat was a one bedroom flat tiny tiny I think like 500 square foot or something um but it was still important to me for me to design that so it looked really nice so that it looked like mm. a home that I was comfortable in that I was proud to bring my friends around to or host people I would say we're quite like a hosting family so we often have guests around and things like that so it's important to me that my house I guess reflects that side of me like wanting people to feel comfortable and to feel happy and to feel like they enjoy coming to to where we live so I think it's probably that that drives things uh, more than anything. And before you had your page, would you take in a lot of kind of like property content or interior design content or renovation content? A hundred percent. So I think probably less so property, not so much about how to buy property or stuff like that, but definitely around um, just interior design, like following other people that had home accounts who I might see their picture on Explore and then be like, you know, whenever I get my house, eventually let me pin this for inspiration or let me follow them to kind of see their journey. So I was definitely following loads of home accounts before, not only before I had my home account, but before we even had the home, (laughs) I I was Mm. following it. So I think that's engaging in that kind of content and seeing those visuals on my timeline was always something that I am that I enjoyed and identified with. What was your main kind of platform to go to for that content? Was it Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter? I think back in the day, um, I did use Pinterest, um, but I would definitely say Instagram's overtaken that now in terms of um, the amount of inspiration you can get and the, or just the sheer amount of pictures kind of on the platform. Whenever I do anything, even, even little things like when we got married, I would always um, like search hashtags, so like hashtag wedding invitations or hashtag... Um, wedding dresser I would get a lot of my inspiration directly from searching hashtags on Instagram as opposed to searching on uh, Pinterest so I think for me that's been my go-to now for for years 
there's been like a really big shift, I think, as well. Like Pinterest was definitely the go-to. Like my mum is a big interiors fan. I think maybe because she doesn't know how to really use Instagram, but she's still <laughs> on Pinterest every single day. But I definitely mm. see like, oh, she loves it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, But I see a shift for the younger generation definitely moving on to Instagram. Maybe it's because it's a bit more real time, I think. And also it has that element of, aside from just seeing the pictures, the before, the afters, you can also see the videos Mm -hmm. and the stories. And uh, yeah, and I was going to say, I think as well, it's the journey. So often when you find an image on uh, Pinterest, it's an individual image, which might then like link back to someone's blog or just like it might just be a random image that someone's collected from Google. Whereas if you've seen an image on your explore page, you can then click into that person's page and understand the kind of the entirety of potentially what they're doing. There might be other rooms that you then uh, find that you really like, or you might be able to see like how they got from A to B and kind of follow that journey. So I think um, Instagram allows you to have, I guess, the full maybe it's good or bad, but the full access to a person. Whereas I think Pinterest is a little bit more removed from the actual individual that's posting those photos. Mm, Definitely. I like that analogy that you just gave there. Before you bought your house or before you started showing your renovation journey, what kind of things did you feel like were missing that you thought you could bring to the market or bring to the table through your own account? I mean, to be fair, I, I would say that I think the home interiors account world is oversaturated so they're probably there, there are a lot of home accounts and a lot of different types of accounts so I wouldn't necessarily say that there were massive gaping holes for me one of the things that I found scarce within the area was people I guess being cost transparent so that was something that I, I was really we kind of really focused on if I'm going to share something I want to be able to tell you how much it cost me where I got it from make it really easy for you to know up front for you to get this aesthetic or for you to get this small tiny grid picture is going to cost you this so instead of just looking at an image and being like oh it's beautiful and then actually finding out it's like 20 grand you know from the offset exactly what it is I'm I'm promoting to you or what it is I'm telling you um so yeah so that element of cost transparency I wouldn't say nobody was doing it so it wouldn't I wouldn't say there's a massive gap in there but it was definitely not that many accounts that were open with it um and I I struggled with that when I was doing my renovation because I would look through accounts, get inspiration, click the photo. Then they've obviously tagged a company. So I've then got to go to the company's website to see, you know, what it is they've tagged. I then got to search the company's website to actually find the particular item that they've tagged that I like. And then at that point, I might then find out it's £700. And this whole exercise was a waste of time because I wouldn't really <laughs> in that. I couldn't afford that £700 light, you know, like... <laughs> 20 minutes earlier. Um, so yeah, just trying to, I guess, uh, increase that transparency up front um, was definitely something that was important to me with my page. Oh my gosh. You know, when you said the upfront thing, yeah, it just really reminded me like there's certain people I follow and I just love like the kind of, um, not home related, but the outfits they wear. Mm-hmm. And I would be clicking the links <laughs> and I'm seeing a thousand pound for a dress. I said, it's not for me. <laughs> That's why I love it. Yeah. When they have tagged the page and yeah. the page says it on it straight away, exactly. like the price, because instantly I know if this is for me or, or if it's not for me, <laughs> do I need to go to your website or do I need to go on Depop and look for, uh, exactly. what's the route to entry? Thank you. That's it. And that's the key, the route to entry. So we've been really talking about the route to entry into property. But the one thing that I felt was missing was the renovation, because once you get the house, because a lot of people want the house, once you get the house, the next step is making the house into a home. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do. And 
you mentioned that you do cross transparency and you have this thing that you call spill the bill. So yeah. you're spilling the tea on <laughs> the bills and and how much it costs. And I think that's a big barrier to entry for a lot of people, not just in home ownership. Also, just in terms of things like the luxury aesthetic, mm-hmm. the rich auntie aesthetic. <laughs> people are showing this, especially to maybe a lot of younger people, Gen Z that may be doing like, entry level jobs nine to fives but they don't understand how much it costs to live like this yeah how much did so did you get a shock with your first renovation I would say yes and no so I did a lot of research before we started renovating this property um so before we even closed I think even before we even fully offered we had to know that we had enough money up front to be able to do the renovation so I think that's what I think a lot of people aren't not necessarily aren't aware of, but don't consider. Often you get given advice that, well, if you want to get on the ladder, buy a rundown property because it's cheaper. So at least, you you know, you've got the bones of a house and it's actually, you can get on the ladder easier that way than trying to find something that's finished. However, once you've got the bones of that broken down house, actually you need a lot of upfront cash as opposed to a mortgage to be able to actually mm. do that house up. Often it is more expensive upfront for you to be able to renovate a property that may be cheaper because it was run down, but requires all this work for you to be able to live in it in the first place. Mm. So yeah, so we did a lot of research up front, myself and my husband, to what the rough costs would be. We actually um, got builders in as well. We were we were, had a really nice estate agent who let us um, bring builders in to view the property with us. Um, Is that before you made your offer? It was, we'd made an offer, but it was before the offer was accepted and before we'd started the process of actually contracting lawyers and doing so we could, you. we could have still pulled out at that point in time but they knew we were serious enough to say we want to make an offer and also we want to bring our builders around because they knew the house would require building work it was pretty much unlivable otherwise wow so yeah so we did all that work up front we had a rough idea I would say the rough idea and the budget we had still wasn't enough to to what was needed really yeah, yeah we still we the budget left us a long time ago but at least we we had an idea about kind of how much we needed to have and whether or not the house was feasible to get it to the level that we would be comfortable living in with the savings that we had so see I wouldn't say that was a surprise what I would say is that other people I've spoken to or people that see this build the bill posts who haven't maybe got yet to that stage of either doing their own renovation or looking into the costs are then shocked so I think people Mm. that haven't done that research will hear the cost of people's kitchens or the cost of like little things like a microwave oven like the, my microwave oven was more expensive than my actual oven and things like that what yeah like I don't know why it's like it's like a thing that they're just more expensive than the ovens themselves and that for me was like wild like why is a microwave oven like a thousand pounds so things like that I think um hopefully shining the light on some of those even like little things like I said like the, the cost of appliances people will then start tallying that up in their mind when they're thinking about potentially doing it you know later down the line Do you know, the one thing that I didn't know um, cost so much until I started seeing a lot of it across Instagram when my friends were like buying houses or renovating their houses is like things such as switches. Oh my God. And sockets. I was like, what? Like literally that whole thing over there probably is like, I don't know, $16.99 per switch. But then it's, it's not even so much. I mean, the individual price is mad, but it's more that when you tally up how many switches, how many sockets you need in a house, so even though it might seem like, oh, it's only £12, only, you know, £15, you need like 25 of them Wow! at any given time. And so, yeah, switches, I think switches, I can't remember how much you spent, but it was definitely over like £1,000 or something on just switches and sockets. And that's, that's little things so mad. you won't think about or add in. And then it just suddenly is on top things like another 
unknown cost, or not unknown, but unaccounted for cost was things like waste disposal. So we had kind of budgeted like, this is our kitchen, this is our bathroom, blah, blah, blah. But we hadn't really thought about how expensive it would be just to get rid of all the stuff you're getting out of the house. So that's mm. what like thousands, maybe like we spent three grand in the end on just throwing things away. Is that to get like a skip outside the house and stuff as well? I think a skip may have been cheaper, but because we live in a terrace house, we don't have a driveway. So we couldn't ah. we couldn't get a skip. So you, you can get a skip, but then pay for parking on the street, which would have been crazy, crazy expensive. So we were literally paying, we were kind of putting all our rubbish in the front of the house. And then periodically you pay a company to come with like a van and they take everything, but they're obviously charging you for the privilege of taking all, all your stuff. So on top of buying the new items, you're paying to actually remove the old ones. And that's something that we hadn't accounted for. So little things like that, I try to share advice and stuff like that on the page as well. Mm, that's so good. You know, what is funny that you say that is that sometimes, you know, when I see conversations online mm -hmm. around like dating, for example, some people always have a preference in, in terms of the kind of jobs they want their men to do. And ladies, you are actually sleeping on the men that do those jobs with their hands, like Honestly. taking out the rubbish. Because because they'd be charging a lot of money. So much money. If like, if you have someone that can do trade, like plumb something, do electrics, all that stuff, like a large proportion of all of our costs were the actual labor, as opposed to the items themselves paying for someone to do it. So yeah, 100%, if you can get a even even if you can have another job on the side, like you can have a main job, but even if he just has the skill set to, you know, put in a tap. Side hustle. Exactly. <laughs> put a sink in, you know, put some paneling <laughs> on the wall. It's all, it's all good. Oh, yes. Yeah. It saves on the renovation exactly. as well, right? Yeah. So it all, it all adds up. It all tallies up. Even like painting. Now, you know how much people charge you for painting? Like just painting rooms. Um, mm. Yeah, if they're, if they're happy to paint, I'd say grab him. My, I, I was not, I didn't do those background checks before I got married. So my husband is not, <laughs> is not coming this yet, unfortunately. But, you know, he had other blessings. That is so funny. Um, Speaking of your husband, though, like how much involvement or influence does he have on your page because we do see you guys obviously you're up front but we do see you guys do it as a family is it um a family project or are you kind of leading on interiors um so in terms of the instagram page it's just me that's leading on it um he's not as in i refer to him on the page but his his face is not there and stuff like that in terms of the house he would say he had 50 percent input i would say it's probably closer to 10 maybe five um <laughs> But yeah, so he's 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 great, and he obviously trusts my kind of interior decisions. So for the most part, he's happy to he's happy to run with whatever I want to do. But um, we are still a team, and that I obviously run things by him. Like, oh, I want this room to be pink, so we have a pink another pink living room, and obviously he had to okay that before the paint went on the wall. But um, but yeah, things before he comes like home and just gets a shock, like what's exactly. going on here? To be fair, that's sometimes the best way. There are things where I've just done it, and I'm like, oh. You didn't know? I didn't mention that. That I'm going, oh, I thought I did, you know? So it's, it's a balance. When, when, when to ask for, you know, I usually ask when I know the answer is going to be yes anyway. And then if not, I kind of just do it. And then he learns to love it later. As someone who comes from like a finance and banking background, did you have any reservations about putting yourself forward on social media or inviting people into your home? Mm, not really. Um, like I said, I would say that when I started the page, I didn't actually think I would get the number of followers that I had anyway. So I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of, oh, what if there's thousands of people that have access to effectively what is my 
private family space. I think the more I've been doing it, the more that my account has grown. I am more cognizant of not showing certain things and keeping some elements of privacy um, with what with what I share. But I think, yeah, I think there just has to be a balance. And and this and actually that side of things is, is one thing I do discuss with my husband and I, my husband has input on in terms of when I'm particularly things like spill the bill or things that I'm sharing, I will confirm with him that he's happy that this knowledge is out there because he paid half of that. So he needs to be okay that we're sharing that we spent this as our overall cost and that his friends or people that know him could know that information. So for me, the focus of the page has always been interiors. So I'm happy to be very open and share things in regard to the interior and the renovation of the property. We don't share things like how much property cost, what we bought it for, stuff like that, because that to me is not relevant to the interiors focus, which is what the page is about. Um, so yeah, it's just a balance of kind of what we share and what we keep private. And how much does like representation play into that? Because I feel like in the past two years, I would actually say since the pandemic, I've seen more kind of minorities, black couples and non-black people of colour as well, sharing more in terms of property. How important is representation in that space to you? I think it's really important. And I actually get a lot of comments from people that say, who particularly have just found my page, like, oh, I've just found you and I'm so happy to see a black person running a renovation account or a black person have a home like you and things like that. I don't even think it's that black people or like I said, people of colour didn't have homes like this or, or weren't starting home accounts. What I noticed is that people that did just didn't show their face. So they didn't want to mm. be... Um, penalized or potentially not gain followers or gain growth because of the fact that they were an ethnic minority. So they would show their home, but you never knew who the person was behind it. I think now, as you say, in the last couple of years or couple of months, they're more happy to kind of, I guess, stand in front of the camera and be proud about the fact that it is them that runs this account and has this home and has and has this kind of lifestyle. So I think it's a change that will hopefully continue to increase and it won't no longer be an anomaly, but it will be the norm that you see people of all different types of backgrounds um, because everyone, all people of backgrounds have homes. So it would make sense that kind of when it comes to interior accounts, you have people from different backgrounds showcasing that. How much do you think like culture plays into that? I'm not sure. What's your background? Do you know some cultures are very much like, oh, you don't tell people this. You yes. just keep that in the family home. A hundred, 110 percent. Um, so I'm Nigerian and my husband is Nigerian and from Botswana. So in general, we're a fully African household. I think, yeah, there's a big, at least how I was raised, there's a big um, focus on not telling people things until it's either done. So mm. there's no, they can't wish bad upon it. They can't pray bad upon it, things like that. And also just keeping, as you say, things that pertain to the family within the family. I think there's an element of that that still sits within me in terms of when I, I might dub, think really? about something twice before I post something, kind of. Just like if it's something that's not fully guaranteed yet or that, you know, is like I'm thinking of doing something or something's like exciting is in the works, but it's not confirmed, things like that. I might, I think, actually, you know, my, I hear my mum in my head saying, you know, <laughs> don't, don't speak on it until you get the contract, until you sign the thing, until the money's in your account, until, you know... So things like that, maybe it still sits there with me. But for the most part, like I said, I'm sharing, for my account, I'm sharing interiors, I'm sharing my space. The space is, is as it is, my house is as it is. So I don't worry too much about the fact that I'm sharing that side of my life. I think, as I said earlier, there just has to be um, some boundaries in terms of I need to know myself what I'm willing to put out there and what doesn't actually benefit the account. So like, there's no point just to share for the sake of sharing. So I think when it's, 
informing people of something or helping them gain more knowledge or hopefully being just a helpful asset to the Instagram home community, then I'm all for it. If it's just for the sake of flexing or just talking about I have this versus I have that, I don't necessarily um, think that that's the best way to go. Got you. And how do you differentiate that in your head? Because even just like on a standard, normal basis, like I speak about this with a couple of my friends, that sometimes, you know, lifestyle or work or or whatever could be very normal to you, but then it might not be normal to the people around you. And you almost second guess like, oh, should I be sharing this? Oh, no, I need to hold back on that. How do you reason that within yourself? Hmm. I think it's probably not a great answer, but it is just a gut feel at the time. I think often if I have the gut feeling that, oh, should I share this? Chances are probably I shouldn't because I've got that little tug that, mm. I think from a lifestyle perspective, the thing you mentioned about the fact that other people don't have it, I've never used that as a barrier to me sharing information purely because I think there is benefit in seeing that anybody can achieve something. I didn't come from, you know, a wealthy background. I didn't come from... My parents didn't give me a house and didn't give me a deposit or anything like that. And even, to be fair, even if they did, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing. I think the, the oh, goal no. is for us to, I would like to be able to gift my children a house and gift them deposits and things like that. Oh, my children will know nepotism. It's exactly. There's, there's no awards for struggling. That's why I always say there are no awards for struggling. So I'm not, um, there's nothing wrong with that. But I guess my point is that if anyone ever asked, I guess, for my credentials or how I got this all, you know, I'm able to back all those things up with just hard work and just the, the kind of the path I've taken I guess through education to my job to the stage we're at in life at the moment so as a result of that I guess I I think I just feel more confident about sharing things I'm also proud I guess of what I have and, and where we've got to as a family and me as an individual I feel like the focus of Instagram should be sharing your reality and this is my reality so if I have to cut out large chunks of myself because I'm worried about what somebody would see or so what somebody would think if they saw that I had a decent job or that I had a nice house and I shouldn't really be on the platform if that's if that's the case. Yeah, that's so good. I was listening to this podcast the other day and it was around like beauty products and I can't remember her name, but she's a black American woman and she works in beauty for YouTube. But also online, she's a creator. So that's her day job. But online, she's a creator. So she influences people and what they buy. So the podcast she was on, they asked her, like, how do you feel about recommending luxury products like Clamar costs like $300 or whatever? And she was like, I don't think anything <laughs> about it. Like, don't those who get it will get it. Those yeah. who won't get it won't get it. It's not my fault. Exactly. She said, those who won't get it, sometimes they come back and ask me and then I recommend them more affordable things. It's just that that's not where I'm at in my life because I see everything as an investment. So if you can get it, do get it. And if you can't get it, don't get it. But continue following because one day maybe your situation will change. And I really love that answer from her because I feel like a lot of people are reserved. Like some people I've been interviewing so we've left some anonymous okay because they didn't want to we've share left... yeah people. no people are very keen to share but some people are very reserved about putting their face to it okay um, and I think maybe more so because those conversations were very much about deposits houses mm-hmm. how much they spent and I get it like I, I do get it do you know what I mean yeah um it 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 takes a certain somebody to be able to be fully transparent. And some of them actually had homepages like you. Oh, really? But they don't show their faces. 
Yeah, but that's what I say. I think a lot of people feel more comfortable just being anonymous online. I also think it means, you know, online can be a brutal place for for you know a lot of people, a lot of accounts. So ultimately, it's just, I guess, for them, I'm speaking on their behalf, I don't know, but it could be them protecting their peace in terms of, you know, you don't want to show yourself, your family, your kids, someone leaves a comment, you start feeling away, it's now tainted the experience of posting on Instagram for you. I think I think there is an element of, particularly if you're showing, you're showcasing yourself, have a bit more of a thicker skin. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can, I can definitely see both sides to showcasing yourself or not. I just think f- for me personally, because it was about the renovation journey, the home, it was about how I got from A to B. It wasn't a finished product. It's, it's not even a finished product now. We obviously have done enough for us to be able to move in and for us to be able to live here comfortably, but there's still phase two, phase three of the renovation. So I think if you're trying to follow someone's journey, often it's more engaging um, mm. and more honest when it's you see the face of the person you're following as opposed to it just being a photo on on a grid. It's so much more personal. So talk to me about like what kind of like joys or positive has come out of this? Because as someone that has a background working in social media, I know it is no easy feat to run a page, especially you're working full time. You're also a mother of two young kids. Like what keeps you going? What keeps it consistent? I would say helping people probably sounds like a cheesy answer, but um, you get a lot, I, I never realised until I obviously grew the following that I have, that you get a lot of people in your DM every single day. And some people that are messaging you every single day, the same person. Um, so you begin to obviously build relationships with people that way. You get messages all the time saying things like, oh, thank you so much for recommending or tagging this particular company or this person. I've just used them for my kitchen and it's great. Or thanks for telling me that I could save money this way by doing by doing this it's actually just saved us a couple grand and now we can put that towards something else it's just I think it's just nice for me being helpful I think the benefit of the home account is like I said I all I have the house I live in the house so it does obviously take time to shoot the content to think about the content to think about being able to present things in a way that's innovative and things like that but ultimately it's not contrived because it is my home so I'm not you know having to think about how can I put this together it's just I shoot where I live, what I've done, what I've created. If people like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they don't. But I'm, I'm not going to change the house. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to repaint. It's kind of, it is what it is at that at that stage. So I think, yeah, it's just the joy of seeing people liking what I'm doing and also the information I'm sharing being useful to them. And, the, and also seeing them reshare it or pin it and save it and me then becoming, I guess, their inspo page or their inspo picture for whatever they then eventually may go on to do. And they may even then create their own home account based on obviously projects that they've seen us do that they then want to replicate. Mm, So I have a question for you, right? Because I have a friend, right? She's into fashion. She showcases her outfits. And then sometimes if someone wears the same outfit as her, she's like, oh, they took my outfit. And I said, isn't that the point? But how can you complain (laughs) when you are influencing them? Do you get it? Like, how are you going to complain about someone copying your outfit when you have, that's that's the whole point of being an influencer. So how do you feel when people copy your designs? I don't feel the way at all. Like I said, I feel thankful, not thankful, but happy that I was able to influence them, that they liked it enough to put it in their home. Because like I said, renovations and home improvements are not cheap. So that means they've, they've, thought enough of what I've done to be like, I want to do exactly that and spend however much on that and replicate that. So I have no problem with that. And I'm, like I said, people often in the DM asking like, who did your carpet? Who Like a lot of people ask questions about labor. 
particular mm-hmm. if they're in the same area. So like, would you recommend this builder? Would you recommend this, you know, carpet fitter and stuff? And there'd be people that literally from an Instagram DM have booked the same guy that did my carpet, done the exact same carpet, done the exact same style, everything. Um, really? Yeah. And then they tag you after? No, they, they don't have accounts. So they just, they just, they, they, mess, they message me after with the photos, but they don't have anything. But yeah, I have no problem with that. And I also, I'm really happy. It sounds, I guess, a bit silly, but I'm happy that I'm able to hopefully push some business as well towards mm. those people that did good work for me. So that carpet guy. Especially like, during a pandemic. Yeah, that like, so the, my, my carpet guy is always like, oh, you know, I've got someone who booked me because they saw your page or stuff like that. So I'm just hopefully helping um, other people save time. Because also it took me a lot of time to come up with the ideas about what I was going to do and how I put it together. So if I can save somebody else some time by saying, actually, I like it exactly like that, I'm just going to pick that out of the out of Instagram and put it in my house, then um, I'm happy to do that. And have you got to the stage yet where since you're getting people booked and busy, where you can get like discounts or get gifting yet? Yeah, so um, I would say quite early on, actually, I got a lot of like gifting opportunities. I think... Um, Particularly now, a lot of brands are seeing the value in smaller accounts because mm. of the fact that although you might have a smaller number of followers, um, your engagement is often very high. So those people are like really your tribe and they really kind of listen to what you say. They're rocking with you. you exactly. So I would say from even when I had much smaller numbers, not not double digits, the gifting opportunities were there. Um, I would say now, as I've become, I think what they call a micro-influencer, so that's when you kind of move over 10,000. Um, yeah. The focus for me is obviously taking it bigger, working with bigger brands, um, you know, making it hopefully financially lucrative as well for me to be able to be kind of running the page. So I think that will come with time as the page continues to grow. But um, but yeah, we'll just I've been pretty much bringing this whole thing thus far. So we'll see. We'll see what happens as we as we keep going. That was actually going to be my next question as in like, what's next for you in terms of interiors, in terms of renovation? Like, what's the plan going forward? In terms of this house, we have more phases to go. So we've done basically everything ground up at the moment. Ground up minus the top floor. So we've got the top floor to do, but we also have a whole basement level, which is basically the same size as the whole house. Um, but just Amazing. I mean, th- I have to also say your house is beautiful. I absolutely <laughs> love you. the designs you've done. No, honestly. Thank you so much. Like, even just looking at it, some of the things I would, ne- I just don't have that, you know, like, I'll put this together kind of thing. And when mm-hmm. I see it together, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing that. <laughs> Thank you so much. That, that makes me feel so happy. But yeah, so we've still got the whole basement to do, which would be a massive project because downstairs is, it, it's not even like rooms, isn't it? It's rooms, but it's like, you can see the bricks. So you need to, that'll be a whole project in itself. What are you going to do with the space? So we're going to make it a cinema room and a bar and then downstairs like shower area. So it's basically three rooms. So we want to make them multi-purpose so that, whilst we're kind of enjoying life enjoying our friends we can have cinema room adult area stuff like that but future proof it so that it can become bedroom living room and bathroom if we then want to have an au pair or kind of like live-in support for the children kind of later down the line so a bit of both of those things and then I've also started um, working on some projects for some other people oh amazing yeah which has all just come about because of people finding my Instagram page and obviously liking what I've done um, at my own home. So so like you're styling for them. What do you call it? What's the official term? I think it'll be interior design. Will be the oh, you're term. interior designer now. <laughs> banker. Ban- you know what they do the headlines? Banker turned interior designer. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, just, I'm doing an interior design project at the moment uh, for someone's bathroom. So renovating their whole bathroom for them and kind of redesigning it and project managing that with their builders for them as well. So 
that's something interesting that's happening in the, in the sidelines. And then obviously managing, doing all the content stuff as well for my own account. So working, I've got quite a lot of partnerships coming up. So with each of those things, it requires obviously shooting all that content, getting it agreed by brands, getting it signed off, and then doing my day job in in consulting. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot on at the moment, but um, but yeah. But it sounds like it's bringing you great happiness. That's the main thing. And that's what... I feel like I've really seen out of this interview, out of our chat today. <laughs> I can see like you're really passionate about it and um, it's making you happy. What kind of trends have you seen since you jumped online or even from the difference? What kind of trends have you seen before you had your page? And what are the trends now since you have been running your page? So when you say trends, you mean actual design trends in terms of how people are renovating their houses? Or do you mean the kind of content people are sharing online? Bit of both. Okay. Um, so I guess if I start with design trends, I think people are going very minimalist or maybe not minimalist, neutral is probably a better word at the moment. I think there's a lot of like neutral homes at the moment, says she with my kind of beige living room background. But yeah, I remember there was a time when I was much younger when obviously beige was like a terrible, terrible colour and it was just something that seemed really boring and nobody liked it. But now everything is kind of like beige, gold tones, things like that. So I think, um, yeah, that kind of more minimalist, like cool palette is definitely the vibe at the moment and what I'm seeing in terms of what content people are sharing I would say which is I think is a positive thing a lot people are moving more to being more transparent with things even if it's mm. not so much sharing the cost of the items I'm seeing a lot more people declaring that it's an ad that it's a partnership that they got things for free I know I think legally they're required to do so but you still used to have people that might put it in the small print or it was really hard to know that this was kind of a collaboration I think a hashtag in the middle of 30 hashtags exactly whereas I think now influencers are being a much more um much more upfront with that and even brands for example ones that I'm working with when they give you the brief for kind of what you should be posting or how you post a lot of them are saying upfront can you please put ad in at the first sentence or in the first three words so they also want you to be um transparent about that so I think I think that's definitely a direction people are going in. I think that also helps people, I'm hoping anyway, helps people that are consuming the content realize that actually, if you don't have a home account, if you're not working with brands, don't beat yourself up that you're not completely renovating your house in like two days or that you haven't got everything you need or the budget for everything you need immediately. Because a lot of these accounts that are showcasing this stuff to you are getting things sent for free, are having things shipped super fast because they are an influencer and there's a project going on. So yeah, just I think hopefully people declaring it helps others manage their expectations about what they can expect if they're doing their own and they do not have the same privileges as somebody kind of working in that space. Mm, love that. Love that. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. It's been really informative and really good. So just one final thing. What would you say to people who are currently saving towards a property that will need renovation? What would you advise them in terms of saving for the reno project? I'd say however much you think you need, add like 25% on top, even if you don't then need that 25%, it's better for you not to be stressed out halfway through the renovation that you're running out of budget and having to cut corners on things versus you already having prepared for that. So I would say, yeah, whatever budget you have, always add more. There's always unforeseen circumstances. I'd also say this, and this is a me coming from a privileged position, so I know not everybody has this option, but I would say if you can, I would 100% recommend not living in your property during the renovation. I know for a lot of people that is a massive cost saving being able to live in the house and not obviously rent elsewhere or go to family. But 
I think for us, the whole renovation, just particularly doing a whole house, it can be a massive upheaval. Um, and I think doing a renovation at the best of times can be very stressful. You can have burnout. There's just like a lot going on. Um, so I think then living in that space to me just adds another element, which is just, just, just too much stress. So I would say if you can either save additional so that you can potentially rent short-term let for a period of time um, or you know, beg and borrow your family to let you to let you sleep sleep there. So that's basically what we did. We stayed with my with my parents during our renovation, and I would say that was massively massively helpful. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be my my advice: save more than you think you need, and if possible, um, try not to live um, in the property so that you can at least enjoy the process of the renovation rather than living in the dust and debris month on month. So uh, last question now, because I was meant to end on that question, but I got one more. Okay. <laughs> okay. So earlier you mentioned you're Nigerian, right? So I'm Zambian and they always say like when you're building back home or you're getting work done back home, that if you're not watching your builders, they'll really be doing things in their own time. How did you manage that here? Or is that just not a thing in the UK? Mm, I think it can be a thing. I think it depends on who your builders are. It's, it's obviously like with kind of anyone you're hiring, you'll have people that are great and you'll have people that are kind of more the bad apples. I think we had really good builders. So I think whether I was on top of them or not, stuff would get done. What I would say is that outside of it being because they're going to work or not work, it's really important for you to kind of be constantly checking or be on top of them just because you might, either change your mind about things or you might notice things once they've been put in that aren't as you thought they would be. And it's better to really address those things very early on than a full room be done or a full, you know, kitchen be put in. And then there's an issue with where things are placed. So for me personally, I was at the house every day, if not every other day. Um, and it wouldn't be for long. It could be literally five, 10 minutes just to pop in. Um, but at least I could check what progress had been done that day. And if I needed to go back to the builders with, with any, um, any changes or any thoughts or things that we hadn't thought about if we didn't have enough tiles at least I knew at that time and I could go home in the evening and order it and things like that so I wouldn't say it's because builders are, are distrustful at all or that they don't want to work because for them it's in their best interest to get the job done because in most cases in the UK builders are paid a set fee so it's not done by day so if they take seven months they're wasting their own time as much as they are yours okay but but yeah I would say if you can try to go to site every day, every couple of days. And that actually, to contradict my one of my previous answers, is, is the benefit of living on site. I've heard from people that have renovated and been on site, they've actually said they've had a lot less mishaps because they're constantly there. Um, so even if it's just a question, the builder will just shout to the other room and ask you a question, for example, versus having to send you a message and it taking days to get a response, they can kind of get immediate responses because you're there. So that is a benefit if you do live in during a renovation. Wow. Oh my gosh. Ore, thank you so much for giving us the behind the scenes look. <laughs> that was good. But thank you so much. I really appreciate you giving us an insight on life behind a reno account. I hope it was useful. Right, that's it for another week. I hope you enjoyed our chat. Make sure you check out Ore's page because it's giving decor, it's giving aesthetics and she is hilarious as you might have noticed during our chat. Um, you can always catch me on Pillar of Society on Instagram, on Twitter and your girl is trying this thing on TikTok as well. So hit me up and also guys, like, let me know your feedback, let me know what you're thinking, let me know who you would like to hear from, what things you're enjoying, you know, give your girl some feedback and yeah I'll see you guys next week bye